0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport,
1: powered by fans.
2: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year.
2: Hello and welcome to episode 236 of the Stacey West podcast. My name is Gary. I'll introduce you to my co-host, Chris, in a little while. Uh, But before we start the podcast today, uh, I just wanted to quickly pay tribute to Colin Murphy, uh, who passed away this weekend, uh, a legendary Lincoln City manager. The first um, Lincoln City manager I personally remember Uh, joined the club in November 1978 was unable to stop us slipping out of the third division at the time, but engineered promotion two seasons later as runners up to South End, and then took us very, very close to the second division within a, a game of the second division, drawing one all with Fulham on a night that many Lincoln City fans will remember. Um, Colin left the club in May 1985 uh, and returned in May 1987 as we'd slipped out of the Football League. Uh, to engineer Murphy's mission back to the league, uh, which he did so uh, again securing promotion in a, in a memorable afternoon at Sinsel Bank against Wickham Wanderers. Uh, he managed Lincoln for another two seasons after that uh, before going on uh, to manage at End uh, and the Vietnamese national team uh, amongst other clubs. Colin was a familiar face around the football club for many years, especially recently, um, where we were told he was a regular at youth team games, uh, he travelled on the team bus uh, to several games under Danny and Nicky Cowley, and he also quite poignantly led the teams out at Wembley for the Checker Trade Trophy final. Uh, so on behalf of everybody at the Stacey West podcast, we want to wish um, our condol- send our condolences uh, to Colin's family at this difficult time. Uh, and also we'd like to raise a metaphorical glass Uh, To the man who coined the name or coined the phrase deranged ferret, a man who could confuse and confuddle, but also delight uh, and amuse. Uh, So tribute to uh, Colin Murphy, who will be sadly, sadly missed by everybody at Lincoln City Football Club. So we'll press on with the podcast now um, and uh, I'll introduce you to my podcast co-host for this afternoon. It's Mr Glamming. How are you doing,
0: sir? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Um, much to much to discuss following the game yesterday, as we, we've already done it once, haven't we, in the pub last night? And we're going to do it all over again, hopefully with a little bit more uh, well, sobriety. I have a
2: problem with what was discussed in the pub last night. Uh, because I can't remember it. Uh, so on the way home, <laughs> uh, so Chris uh, and I, amongst others, went to a charity event at the Adam and Eve for Calm um, last night. Uh, there was a, a, a cracking band on, or two a cracking band and a, a, a solo artist on. Uh, much alcohol was consumed, and if I'm entirely honest, I do remember dancing uh, almost to entirely the second set from the band. I remember you moving on to rum and coke. Um, I don't remember. I actually early think, that happened, yeah. I seem to remember, yeah. Um, and then I got home today uh, and then got up this morning rather than saying to Faye, God, you know what, yesterday, this, this, this. And she went, Yes, I know. You told me on the way home last night. Oh, yeah, but what about this? Yes,
0: you told me that. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: So, yeah, but it was a good night. It was a good night when it? it was enjoyable.
0: Yeah, fantastic, evening, and for a great cause as well. Um, I never yeah. miss it. You know, they do it every year uh, around this sort of time, and it's it's always brilliant. It's almost brilliant so yeah good it's um they've raised over fifty eight thousand now since they started for calm which is yeah, unbelievable amount of um but yes wonder that's many, a wonder how many lives that saved indeed indeed yeah so should we talk about and, some football
2: yeah well the thing is it was i think we were in serious danger of having a really good day ruined by football yesterday at one point Um, So we played, as everybody will surely know by now, Carlisle United yesterday. It was a game that many looked at and thought Lincoln City should be winning that. Uh, Lincoln City at full strength certainly should be winning that. Look, we're going to come on and talk about injuries, I think, a little bit later on. So we are going to have to talk about the game first of all. But there is no doubt whatsoever um, that the lack of personnel in key areas of the field is had a big bearing on on the game. So we, we have to talk about team selection really before we talk about um, what happened. And obviously we we know, and we'll discuss later in the podcast that Ben House is injured, that Tyler Walker is injured, that Danny Mandroyu is injured. Certainly for this game, that Adam Jackson was missing. We know Lewis Monsma is already missing as well. So you know, a, a, a huge collection there, there were attacking players, three key attacking players, Jack Vale, another one. So four even key attacking players all out and, um, We still went 3-4-3. We didn't really start with a recognised striker on the pitch. And I think, I mean, you and I didn't kind of get together before the game, but my first thought on seeing the team was we have the fewest box entries or the fewest touches in the box of all the teams in the division. We have one of the lowest XG and we've taken two, three of our most attacking players out of that. I I thought it was going to be a tough afternoon as soon as the team dropped.
0: Yeah, um, exactly the same. I wasn't as wise as you were in regard to the... Pre matcher other the presser. So um, you put in your write up about the fact that Kennedy wasn't asked about the fitness of House and Walker. Um, and you expect that i now to have been at request from the club. Makes sense. That happens every week. But I, it just, I didn't, it didn't twig in my mind. So I was expecting to see Danny Mandroyu and Ben House back in the squad. And all of my kind of pre match optimism of genuinely felt we, not only that we could, but we probably should be. Um, getting three points out of that game. When I saw the team selection, that kind of quickly evaporated, to be honest, because for the reasons that you said, you know, we're we're clinical when we have those opportunities, when we, when we, when we get the chances, but we don't create a huge amount. Um, so when you you definitely your most creative player, Danny Andrew isn't in the squad. And of course, Ben House, who is just so influential, even though he hasn't hit the net himself yet this season, and he's won two penalties, and then he's off the ball, stuff is just exemplary at this level and he creates he creates opportunities for his teammates so when you're missing those two yeah I was I was in for a, a bit of a disappointment really I, I wasn't expecting we'd lose I felt like we'd be solid still to be honest I thought okay we'll, well we'll still be hard to beat it's just it's just that other end of the pitch now where I thought we, we had started to show some potency you yeah, know the, the two previous home games of course kind of proved that didn't they but yeah as soon as the team selection was was announced I was that pre-match optimism did disappear quite a lot. And I was thinking, I'll take a point now. But we can't think yeah. about that for the rest of... You know, until January, can we? Can't, we can't think we'll take a point in every game.
2: No, I mean, and, and we'll come on to that, I think. But I think the other point is that you said there that we, we would expect to be solid elsewhere across the pitch. And I think that that is a really good point. Because even with Adam Jackson out, we know Monson's been out for a while, but you look at the kind of three and the four... And we should be solid in the key areas. Ethan's in the middle of both, you know, class acts at this level, and um, Pordy is a class act at this level. Sean Rowan is rapidly turning into, you know, a, a, a not just a steady League One centre back, but a, a, a very, very good one. You know, a fullback. So it was a relative. It was a, it was a first team, a strong first team kind of um, lineup in the in the two thirds of the pitch where you don't have to be quite as creative. It was that front three I think that was the major issue now you and I I think um was it myself and uh Charlie wasn't it on the podcast and I said I, I expected a three-five-two, uh, which I, I think would have suited um, and you know, second half obviously we saw it but I think would have suited us a little better from the start what do you think Mark Kennedy's thinking was going with the 3-4-3 three, three with with Ted and, and Ali Smith on either side of Rico
0: Personally, I think it's because we we didn't really have another person that could play up top with Hacks. Not with Hacks, sorry, with Rico. Um, I think it's the system that we've started in in almost every game so far this season. The lads know it. So even if you're filling in in a role that you're unfamiliar with, let's say like Ali Smith, for example, filling in a role basically as a right winger slash kind of number 10, you know, he got brought off at half time and we'll we'll touch on that. But I think if that's your kind of plan A and that you've been training, And working on for you know weeks and weeks and weeks i think the expectation would be that you have a reasonable understanding of what that role demands even if it's not the role you normally play in whereas if you're completely changing shape i appreciate of course we've changed to 352 a fair fair few times this season as well but we haven't started with 352 very often um and it's always been when we've had the options on the bench to really change your game uh so it made sense to me that we'd start in a 343 to be honest whether that's right or not, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But it kind of made sense. Um, I didn't, I didn't go to Bristol Rovers, so I didn't see how Ali Smith played in that game for the full ninety. I know Mark Kennedy mentioned how pleased he was with his off the ball kind of contributions, despite what maybe he didn't do too much on it. He looked a little bit lost yesterday. I felt in that role, he maybe hung out to dry a little bit. But yeah, it, good to see Ted get a start and get a good seventy minutes. And I think he he certainly can play in that role. I think we prefer him deep and more central, but he certainly can play in that role. Yeah, Hallie, Ali Smith was just the one that was a bit of a square peg in a round hole. But I just don't know what, what the other option was. Now the second half, like we say, hindsight's a wonderful thing. We know what what Mark Koenig decided to do, and and obviously it got us back in the game. But I think pre match, you know, we was all hugely surprised to see Delacan even on the bench, let alone get some minutes at half time. And yeah, he played quite well when he came on. But you know, for us to say that we should have started with him and Rico up top it's just that just would not have been an option. I don't think before the game started. So I just don't know what the other options are other than Joven, of course. But I just think I just don't think he's ready to start a League One game yet.
2: Well, I don't think Joven is. Um, I mean, you could perhaps have looked at Duffy and Rico Hackett, but then you don't give yourself an awful lot of options from the bench in that respect. Um, I do wonder if Danny mandroya would have been fit, if we would have looked at Hackett and mandroya as a two. And I wonder if actually Danny Mandroia getting injured meant the shape change. I wonder if rather yeah. than actually being, being prepped in 3-4-3, three, three, I wonder if we were prepped in a 3-5-2 and then looking to match them up and it was, you know, then we actually had a, a, a shape change enforced. I'm not so sure. But look, that's the team selection. We came out, I thought, um, do you know what, Matt had a, he had a little bit of a laugh at me because... Halfway through the first half, I said, I don't think we've been that bad at all, really. And he said, you need to get that into the theme tune of your podcast. He goes, it should just be you after watching a a relatively poor game saying, I don't think we've played that badly at all. I don't think in the first half we particularly deserved to be 1-0 down. I don't think we deserved to be winning, but I don't think we deserve to be 1-0 down. Um, Sloppy at times, granted. Uh, not really combative in the air, and I think the, the numbers have backed that up on Y scout. What twenty eight percent of our aerial jewels? Mm, yeah, tournament. that was an, that was a
0: really interesting stat actually.
2: Very very poor uh, in reality, and and you could see it. I mean, I, I checked the number, but I remember saying again to I think it was to Matt, just saying we're not winning anything in the air at all. And I don't think Carlisle were a particularly big team, particularly strong team. Um, it just felt like. We were, I've used the word disjointed so many times. And it's, it's easy to look at Ali Smith and say, you know, he, he was poor. And he was, he struggled. But even on the ball, Ethan Arrahan gave it away a couple of times, which feels a little bit like sacrilege saying it. Um On the Stacey West rating at the moment, he's as low as 5.6, Ethan Arrahan. I mean, he was what? better than that. Yeah, 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 I know. It's Yeah, I know. Some people obviously weren't at the game. But it was it was disjointed and it wasn't made any better by a goal that was... When I say written in the stars, that sounds like um, it's a positive, but it was always going to be the same. It was always going to be Luke Plange, wasn't it? Always, oh, that was
0: typical, bloody typical, and it shouldn't have been a free <laughs> kick. I was, uh, no, we, we, was uh, we was, we was on our on our group chat, weren't we, uh, during the, the first half, and I was getting incredibly frustrated at the referee before even that decision. Like, I think there was three throw-ins in a row on the near side that he gave to Carlisle that. Should have been for us, or at least there were. It wasn't like a definite, like one hundred percent. It's it's that way. I think if you're a referee you, you, and you're not one hundred percent sure, it's very rare that you give it to the attacking team. But there's there, there was two or three that I just they were definitely ours, and it was just annoying. And then he gave because there was two free kicks. There was there was one a few minutes before that one. Um, which, from where I stood, it seemed it didn't seem like a free kick. But again, that was a free kick. Okay, yeah, hundred plus yards away. You know, you know, you know, you got Tieden, your glasses on. Already a nod at the referee by that point. You're kind of looking out for it. But yeah, the the free kick that led to the goal just wasn't just wasn't a foul. It just wasn't a foul. Um But once the free kick was given, yeah, like you say, written in the stars. Who else would it would it would it be than Luke Bloody Plunge? Uh, he um, looked he, he looked quite sharp yesterday. I never he looked better yesterday. Than he did at any point. For us, I didn't think he looked particularly outstanding. I know he scored, but you know he got a flick on off, 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 a, off a free kick and it kind of bumbled into the, to the net. But he definitely looked better yesterday than he did at any point in an Imp shirt. But yeah, just typical, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it wasn't a free kick. The second one, I think it's um Jordan Gibson, and he's he's dived. Iran's he, Rahan has gone down as the, the guy committing the foul. That he's, he's tried to wiggle through too. He's felt a little bit of contact. He's gone down. The referee's not really in in a great position in terms of looking at it because it's two players and it could ease I, I can see why the decision's been given i've you know we've got the the benefit of being able to watch the replay and and the, i thought the linesman or the assistant referees were both more to blame for the referees um performance let's say yes, I don't it was think almost as if they did
0: it was almost as if the lines didn't they didn't even need to have a flag not no. not a single time that the linesman put a flag up before the referee had already made the decision, they were waiting for the referee to make the decision when it's their job to see it. And it, oh, I was infuriated yeah. at the officials yesterday. I really was, particularly in the first half.
2: Well, you're not the only one because Paul Simpson was furious as well. He claims there was a check on Joe Garner, which there was, um, but it was no worse than a couple of checks on our players that had gone unpunished. Last took an elbow at one point. Um, it was. I. I didn't think the referee was as bad. As certainly not as Paul Simpson says. And I also think that to a degree, he leveled things up by not giving them an absolute stonewall penalty a minute before half time. I don't remember that happening in real time. I don't remember seeing that and thinking, Paul, we got away with one there. And afterwards, somebody said, Well, they should have had a penalty. I'm, no, I looked on Twitter and it's like, Yes, <laughs> because it is. It's a penalty, yeah. isn't it? Although, yeah, I, I,
0: I, at the time, I thought it was a penalty. Yeah. And um, I wasn't surprised at all when you when you showed me on Twitter last night. Um, but I do agree with you on the balance of playing the first half, despite being a goal down, I, I felt nil-nil, it would have been a fair, a fair result to go in at halftime. Um, I know on Radio Lincolnshire that Mark home was a little bit scathing, wasn't he, of, of the first half performance. I was thinking to it on the way back. And I, I didn't, I didn't agree. I didn't think it was, it was quite to that degree poor. It looked disjointed. It looked a little bit slow at times, but I thought it looked solid enough. I thought it was, a, it was a, perfectly adequate first half it was the first half that we were we kind of come to expect last season it was a pretty standard first half performance um but yeah it was a goal down and I i don't feel that like Carlisle created a great deal clear cut at any point in the game really apart from the one in the second half it will touch on um so yeah i feel i feel we was unlucky to be going in a goal down but i did fear the worst at that point because i just couldn't see where goal was coming from for us no
2: no i, I said the same again i thought I thought the one, the only goal would win it quite right in the first half. XG, theirs was 0.39, ours was 0.23. So it should, you know, on the balance of play, should have been nil-nil. Shots, four for us, two on target, five for them, four on target. Actually, we had more possession marginally, but it was more or less 50-50. Losses, interestingly, um, they lost the ball 79 times, us 66. So actually, although I felt that we looked sloppier, I think it's easy to get blinded by the score when you're watching football, particularly when you're invested in one of the two teams. I think if you were watching that game as a neutral, and um, first of all, you'd want your money back in the first <laughs> half, but also, you probably wouldn't feel as as annoyed as you do as as Lincoln City fans did at halftime. You know, and I I saw some um, of the usual hyperbole on Twitter with woeful, dreadful, et
0: cetera, et cetera. It was nowhere like, near that level. It was it was no. it was below. Below par, I'd say, but not that far below par. It was, it was wasn't a great deal different to our other first half performances. Um, in in most games this season, other than the two home games, to be honest, it was it was okay. But it was a lot better in the second.
2: It's, it's funny you should say that because XG yeah, against Carlisle zero point two three, against Bristol Rovers in the first half zero point zero four, Sheffield United zero point one four. The uh, Shrewsbury 0.04. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, we're not particularly a first half team. Even Wickham 0.11, Bolton 0.1. I mean, we, you know, basically the, the numbers say that you can more or less turn up at half time and see the best of pretty much everything in a Lincoln uh, a Lincoln City kit. Now, one person who did turn up for the second half and not the first half was Hakee Bedelikan. And I've, you know, there's a short on our YouTube video. Uh, that we put up from last week's podcast of me categorically saying there is zero doubt whatsoever that Hakiba Delican will ever play for Lincoln again. And we would rather play a youth team player uh, out wide than him in the EFL Trophy. Next thing you know, he's got a squad number on his back uh, and he's coming on. And I you know, Half time you knew something had to change. Yes. And for me, for me, it had to be a shape change. Because Ali Smith wasn't working on the wing. You could swap Smith for a delicate, I suppose, but you knew Ted was only ever going to get 60 minutes. That's what he does. So then would it be Duffy and a delicate? I'm not sure. I thought Shape Change was wise, I was looking at the players warming up and then Hex went down the tunnel and just, no, come on, it's not really easy. And then out he comes. And actually, he looked pretty lively, didn't he, when he when he came on.
0: I thought he was really good. I thought he was a real bright spark, to be honest. And um, I made a point after the game yesterday. And I think I think certain people deserve a bit of credit in this situation because, firstly, Mark Kennedy deserves some credit to keep him focused because Hax has been cast aside for, well, near enough two seats, a year and a half now. And to keep him, you know, once, once the move didn't materialise, I think it was all agreed and made a point after the game as well that I think all parties agree that Hax's future is not at Lincoln City. While he's here, you he might as well make the most of it. For all parties, might as well make the most of it. And I just think there's a bit of credit for Mark Kennedy's man management there because to have someone who was cast out, someone who's, who's not been seen as part of things, he's always made a point of saying that he's trained well. Even when he was not being in squads, Mark Kennedy's made a point of saying he's trained well. So he's not. He's clearly not training by himself. He's, he's been back in training since pre-season. And I just think you deserve a bit of credit because there has to be an element of respect there to, and a bit of trust from Hacks towards Kennedy. Because otherwise, you know, what, you, you, we'd see the sort of performance that we saw from, um, oh, who's that guy who had on loan last season? It was bloody terrible. Tashan, Tash, Tashan Oakley Booth. Yeah, we'll see that sort of level of performance. Um, someone that, you know, clearly just doesn't want to be there, that just really just isn't applying themselves at all. And Hacks just didn't show that at all. But I think also you've got to credit Hacks to have the right, you know, to be the right application and the right attitude to go and, yeah, to go and put in a performance like that. And he looked really confident. And I said, if that's if that's the Hakim Delican that we've got until January, I'm all for it. Yeah,
2: do you think we'll see more of him?
0: Yeah, I do. I, why wouldn't you? After that, have I, he, I thought. Well, yeah, but I thought he played really well. I think he deserves to play. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start on Tuesday against Derby. Now, 100%. after agreeing with you last week, thinking no, we're never going to see the bloke again in a Lincoln City shirt, um, you know, I think he's going to get he's going to get a start now on, on Tuesday. Now, I don't think he'll start watching the league. I think he'll be used off the bench still, but particularly with Mandru not being out for long, he, he, he only didn't play yesterday because of a late. Fitness test that he failed, so he's clearly he's clearly nearly there. So I fully expect you to be back in the squad um, and starting in the squad next week. But Yeah, I do. I think I'll... I think I think he'll be a good option off the bench. I really do.
2: Pick up three points first of all. Quite right, I think. Credit Mark Kennedy for not freezing anybody out, and we have had managers in the past who have happily frozen players out and and not turned to them. And you think about Hacks on the final day, um, getting in on the final day of the season against Crew, um, but he hadn't got a look in. You know, since ironically Carlisle away in the EFL Trophy. So <laughs> oh yeah, some... I, forgot.
0: I forgot about that. <laughs> so
2: there's a certain sense of irony here that that Hacks I think lost a huge section of the fan base's backing away at Carlisle in the EFL Trophy, uh, and it's at home to Carlisle in the league where he kind of rises from the ashes. And around me, I've never known. I have actually because with Les Sorensen, but there was this massive swell of Everybody wanting him to do well, and I'm like, "Where's I this come same. from?"
0: I felt exactly the same, to be honest. I'm not sure where it came from. I never, That's I never really... wished him ill. I just, I just thought he'd, we wouldn't see him, and he just wasn't, you know, just not part of the squad. Didn't really fit for various reasons, and it came on, and I, yeah, I, I just, I wanted nothing more than for him to score yesterday when he came on. Yeah, I, I like really that. wanted him to perform. I wanted him to obviously for the benefit of the team, but I just wanted it to do it for him, and it was great because I thought the version of Hacks that we saw yesterday. I thought that had gone. I thought that had long gone. I I fully expected to see him tumbling down the leagues. And the thing is,
2: he's 27, so he's still in his prime. Mark Kennedy said on the radio afterwards that if we do the right things by him, there's still an intention to move him on. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any doubt whatsoever about that. Um, But he's he's called upon, he did the job. I don't think you're allowed to make players train on their own anymore. There was a newspaper article about Marvin Johnson the other day and Sheffield Wednesday were being investigated because it was claimed he'd been training on his own and the point interestingly I wanted to pick up on Tashan Oakley Booth because Tashan is what happens when Mark's approach backfires when you've been frozen out and you get brought back in and they because Mark said at the time he's been training well about Tashan and he came in and that that performance against Barnsley was the most disgusting performance I've ever seen from a Lincoln City player. He was completely disinterested when he came on. Um, obviously, didn't see that with Hacks. What I will say is I've spoken to people uh, at the club off the record about Hacks over the summer, you know, what might might not happen. And not once was his character ever criticised. He's, he's a great human being. He just doesn't fit in Mark Kennedy's plans, etc. Et when I've met him, he's just he just comes across as a very shy, quiet, kind of reserved individual. So Considering he was putting pictures of himself at a festival or something or a gig on Instagram when the club were pre-season training, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, he did well. I think if he had got match sharpness, we win two one. Because I think if he was match sharp, he puts the uh, the cross away from Ethan Hamilton. But you know that's hacks. We scored within four minutes, and he wasn't involved in it. Now I've watched this goal back, and I know what get. I know the finish gets the credit. But I'm going to put some respect. So you're going to, on you're Rico. going to
0: mention the layoff. Yes,
2: <laughs> I knew you were going to mention the put layoff. Put some credit yes. on Rico Hackett's name. Oh, it's a Danny Mandroyu layoff. It is. And it's <laughs> not
0: just the layoff, it's the move. It's his little bit of movement to get himself in a yeah. body position to then make the layoff. It's It's a real nice little piece of build up. But it kind of came out of nowhere, it felt like, because it was just, you know, Hamilton had a, uh, spanked it from 30 plus yards out. But the build up was neat and tidy. It really was. Uh, I agree. But of course, you, what a strike. What a strike.
2: And a second assist for Alex Mitchell, if a uh, second assist is a thing. Pete, again, we mention Pete every every week. And one day we'll have to get him on the podcast just to call us out because he'll be there going, second assist, what a load of rubbish that is. Um, he, he messaged me and said, at least i just going to watch Bruno Fernandes in defence for 15 minutes. But anyway, um, see, so second assist, I mean, Mitchell, I thought he had a, a decent game. He brings the ball out quite comfortably. Lovely layoff by Hackett. But you know 99 times out of 100
0: that ball ends up anywhere other than the back of the net. Yeah, and... if you talk about xg I'm guessing the xg on that shot is like 0.0 something isn't it. I love have, quick... have a have
2: five. 0.03 so actually 97 times out of 100 uh, that ends up somewhere else.
0: <laughs> but it didn't and it, it didn't. really uh, it really kind of created a real kind of shift in atmosphere I think at the ground and a shift in just intensity and tempo in the game. I think we started second half with with high tempo, but I think from that point, we. I don't think it would be fair to say we deserve to win the game on the balance of the 90 minutes. But on the second half, I think we were the most likely team to win. Uh, I thought we definitely tried to create more. We never, Not at any point did I feel either team really had sustained control. There was was a lot of chaos. Um, It was very exciting, but not for a second did I relax yesterday. Uh, you know, it, it felt very much like a traditional home game rather than the, the two home games that we've been treated to so far where I've had my feet up and relaxing with 15 minutes to go not worrying about the result. Whereas, yeah, for, for the whole of the 40, 45 minutes of the second half, I've got no fingernails left. My heart rate was plus 100. Yeah, we felt like in the, whole, the whole half like, never settled. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we probably deserved, if either team deserved to win it on the second half, I would say it was us, but I definitely think a draw was probably a fair result on the balance of the full ninety.
2: To be fair, second half eight shots, two on target, and one of those was Hamilton's. Um, and yeah, and there's the two, and of course is the
0: two shots that were, or the two crosses that were that went across the face of goal. You mentioned the one that hacks almost got a Adele, toe on. Yeah, and there was there was I think there was another one as well that can put across as well. Now they they have a zero xg because there wasn't a shot at the end of them, but it's a really really big chance. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I I, I think we. With a better team in the second half compared to Carlisle, but yeah, we had a much comparison. much
2: more possession in the second half, sixty percent to forty. I just think the three five two suited is more. I think you see more of. I agree. You see a bet, yeah, better Ted Bishop. Um, I thought Ethan Hamilton was outstanding. I thought Ethan Orahan had a decent game. I thought that we had some really good control and I thought Carlisle were a decent side. There was a really good block from Owen Moxon about 56 minutes in a good block. Yeah. They should have scored. It should have been 2-1. Their ch- that chance was a 0.24 on the XG, which actually takes up, you know, almost all of their XG in the second half. I thought after the hour mark, it was they just shrunk back. And I thought after the hour, if anyone was going to win it, it was going to be us. I didn't think we were going to win it, but we got into those seven minutes injury time and it actually felt like, well, we're the ones with the momentum. And it was odd because we've won three nil at home two games in a row. This game won all against the team who have been struggling and the atmosphere was better in the stand than it was three <laughs> yeah. nil. It, it was just, you know, the, the, I don't know what it was. It's almost like you know, when you were the young, we want to be the underdog. We want to be little Lincoln City again. And having the injuries and, you know, having two wingers up front and putting our right back in midfield and our left back at right back and all of this sort of stuff. And, and it just seemed to galvanise the team. So um, I was impressed by Finn back for them. I think he's, a, is he, was he at Forest
0: as a youngster? He was, yeah, their right wing back. I was impressed with them defensively throughout. To be yeah. honest, I thought they were—they reminded me quite a lot of us from last season. Really, they were really, really solid. Difficult to break down, particularly defended the box well. I think you know we had we had quite a lot of set pieces where also who knew the hacks had a long throw. By the way, what
2: a throw that is! <laughs> it's not
0: just a long throw. Um, Jesus it's Christ! Bloody miles. We've got our very own Rory Delap. Um, but yes, so we, obviously we had quite a lot of throw-ins that we loaded the box, and so we treat them as corners, don't we? We had a few corners. And we didn't create anything, and there were, and there were good deliveries. I just thought Carlisle defended their box excellently and superbly. Yeah, so so credit for that. They looked a little light up top. Um, I thought Joe Garner had a look shot when he came on. Um, obviously, he got fired yeah. up when he when he got he a card from the referee. I kind f of, I kind of feel a bit sorry for him because, and this is where um, Paul Simpson's interview he kind of makes a bit of sense. I think some things that he mentioned the interview he maybe went a little bit over the top, and it was a little bit of kind of seeing things just from one perspective. But with that particular moment, I think he had a real good point because it was a foul. It was a foul on Garner. Uh, the ref didn't give it, and then, and then he gets the, and then of course that annoys Garner, and he and he remonstrates at the referee, and then gets a yellow card for it. And by the letter of the law, it, it is a yellow card. He should be getting a yellow card for that reaction. But if the referee just makes the right decision in the first place, then the reaction doesn't happen. So that, yeah, and I think Mark Kennedy made a point of this in pre-season when the rules were first introduced, he said, it's, it's got to be both sides. You know, this is, this sort of thing is going to happen. If the ref makes the right decision, you don't get the response.
2: So devil devil's advocate. Yeah. Devil's advocate last was smashed by, I think, um I think it was their number three. I think it was aimer, but it might've been Moxon. and it was their three or four. It was elbow to the back of the head, right in front of the linesman. Mm. He didn't go in the referee's face like Joe Garner did. You know you're going to get a booking from that. He, the cry, even if you have been wronged against, in my opinion, a player is he's putting themselves in that position. It was stupid. The bookings Carlisle were picking up were stupid bookings. The one from the throw-in that the player let, let it roll under his foot. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was so. who funny. wouldn't move away from a free kick. Garner, who's in the referee's face. The players know that these are yellow card offences. We didn't pick up a yellow card for anything like that. Duffy got one. I think there was an issue with Duffy and somebody after. Yeah, what, there was looked a, like a stamp from O'Connor. I thought it did, O'Connor yeah. I in. thought we
0: were going to get a pen for that. Actually, I thought the ref was going to go and have a word with the line there and then go and give us a pen. Uh, but of course, he did. Nothing happened. You know. Give us a pen. In fairness, yeah, I thought I could have. I could have sworn. I, um, I. I think I didn't quite see what happened, and then and then Joe sat next to me. So said, there could be we could be a penalty here. I just saw, yeah, a bit of a kind of a kerfuffle, if you like. Um, but Duffy didn't need to get involved I think it was it was O'Connor possibly. I can't remember who it was. It was but, well, yeah, I thought Duffy...
2: O'Connor put his feet in on the keeper. I thought oh, he stamped oh, on
0: the oh, keeper. Oh, but maybe, maybe, and that maybe that's our rose tinted glasses again from the stand. Like I said, I, didn't, I genuinely didn't see that part. I just saw the uh, kind of the aftermath. But I did notice that Duffy kind of needlessly went to get involved because I thought their player might get um get sent off for his, his reaction. When he, I think he pushed. Did he pushed O'Connor. I think
2: yeah, he pushed uh, his hand on the head, wasn't it? Holding. Yeah, his that head was it. Yeah, that was it. So I
0: thought, I thought they might get a red for that, and then Duffy came and got involved needlessly and ended up getting himself a yellow. Yeah, the thing is, though, if you, if you don't see exactly what happens there, it's really difficult to referee those situations, isn't it? So you know, should
2: should Luke have been sent off because he's booked and oh, then he goes and commits a He gets a, he gets a yellow for that. Later. If he
0: wasn't yellow carded, yeah. he gets a, he gets a yellow for that. Yep. So so by the letter of the law, and yes, he should, but it had been And the,
2: the ref even went up to him after the foul, and you went saw him, he went and had a word, and I assume he was saying one more. As mm-hmm. soon as he got that, as soon as that second foul went in, I could see them beckoning for this, but they knew that Plan should. Yeah, he, he got it. brought up I mean, pretty much immediately after that, didn't he? Got sucked off. Yeah. And I said beforehand, I wouldn't boo Luke Plange, and as he went off, I booed him. because uh, because of the, uh, just the petulance. And I I think for for a team, I don't dislike Carlisle. And I think that they are doing the things they need to do. But I think for their manager to come out and criticise the referee, I feel that's a bit disingenuous, to be honest, because I think their tactical approach was to get in the referee's face a little bit. They were throwing the elbows and bits around, just like we were. I'm not saying we weren't. there may well have been, Moxham might have been caught you know with a head i don't think it was an intentional headbutt but there was definitely an elbow on last there was you know they forget the Ethan Arahan where he's got stud marks near his hip that he was showing the referee I you
0: thought know. he was just
2: showing off his massive thighs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were blinded by Ethan Arahan's <laughs> massive thighs Again. But I think, you know I just I, yeah it was out um it was <laughs> it was just yeah, I just thought it was six to one, half a dozen of the other. And for Simpson to come out and criticise the referee and for Mark Kennedy, perhaps not to. Yes, the big talking point was the penalty. Mm-hmm. But Mark Kennedy could quite easily have gone out and go, well, that wasn't a free kick. That wasn't this, that wasn't that. You have to get on with the game. I thought Simpson perhaps let his team down a little bit with those post-match comments about the referees.
0: I completely see where you're coming from. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there is, it was six to one, half a dozen of the other from the majority Um, I just massively agree with probably the wider point about the Garner situation. Like as you mentioned earlier, I think that's just, that's just just a good point that I I agree with, but any manager could have mentioned that in any game. And I'd agree with it because it's the, it's the wider point that stands just like Paul Heckenbottom yesterday with the Sheffield, with his, um, his criticism of the referees with Sheffield United game against Spurs, just saying that refs just don't understand the game. And I, I hadn't even seen the highlights, but I knew exactly what he was talking about. And I agree with him 100%. And whether that was Paul Hackingbottom, if it was Jose Mourinho, whether it was anybody that had have, have said those exact words, I'd have agreed with them. And I think that element of Paul, of Paul Simpson's speech yesterday, I, I did agree with. But yeah, I, I, uh, I do kind of get what you're saying in regard to a lot of it. Maybe was a bit over the top. And the thing is, though, if you get given the, you, get, you get given that penalty in the first half, which they should have been given, then you maybe don't have that reaction. Even if every other decision goes exactly as it did, you probably don't have that reaction because yeah, you're already. Paid off about it and you kind of look you're then looking for mistakes from the ref aren't you and then when you when you see them it annoys you even more so you know, there's emotions it? I don't mind people showing emotions to be honest in interviews no.
2: and it's funny just to kind of wrap up I think Carlisle unless we've got any other points after this but I actually said to Matt halfway through the game I don't like the referee's positioning because I mm. felt there was passes where he was getting in he seemed to be getting in the way It's always the in the bit. way
0: yeah, oh, but he was, was so. I, think... I was so annoyed about it because we just talking off fair We mentioned this, and both of us were pleased that each other spotted this because no one else seemed to mention it. Who I was speaking to, and I was again furious, but probably because i was already at the rep. But it got to the point where he was kind of in the way for two or three passes within like a two or three minute spell, and then players were making different passes. We there was one instance. I think it was Irohan on the ball in kind of the left sort of half space area, and there was a pass forward into. I think it was Hackett's feet. It was some maybe someone else, but it was a strong maybe um delicate's feet. And he chose not to pass it. Not because not because it wasn't the wrong pass or he made a different decision. The referee was stood in that passing lane. So we went back and we went out the other side and it just slowed the roof down. I was like, that's the that's the referee has had a genuine impact on the game there, just by standing in the bloody way. Oh, it did annoy me.
2: That annoyed me more than decisions he made, to be honest. It really did. It really did. Right. Let's go to um, our sponsors quickly, our advertisers, whoever they may be. We don't know if it is a gambling sponsor. Please do let us know, though, because we're not meant to have those. And somebody put, I believe there was one on the podcast the other week. So if you were um, expecting not to hear a gambling sponsor and you did, our apologies. And that is without out of our control. But if there is one, please do let us know. Um, Roll VT, Errol. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow.
1: If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Brilliant. Thank you for whoever that is. If it's McDonald's, go out and get one or don't, whatever. I don't really care. Um, So that's Carlisle United. We've got to talk now about the injuries because... We talked a little bit about the to- at the top of the show about how it affected yesterday's game. Um, but I think that the injuries that we've got carrying forward now uh, are going to affect Lincoln City through until Christmas. So the news is, for those of you who haven't heard, and I'm absolutely certain there's nobody listening to this uh, for whom this is going to be brand new information. But if it is, prepare yourself, brace yourself. Ben House will be out for three to five months. Which will likely see him out until after Christmas, potentially. Um, Not back until what February, March time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's you know, it's a big, big injury for Ben House. We haven't got specifics on that at the moment. Um, three to five months. Tyler Walker is also described as a long term injury. I don't know the classification between difference between long term and short term, but he's eight weeks minimum. So, eight weeks minimum will take us through till the middle of November. Likely that we may not see better Tyler Walker back until December by the time he gets full match fitness, etc., as well. Jack Vale. My understanding was when we signed him, he was a few weeks away, so he's certainly not going to be available for selection from what I understand for the next couple of weeks either. And um, You would be very shrewd if you had noticed they are the three strikers. We do have another striker, Jovan, that is it. Um, Danny Mandroy, who can play up top. He's injured. Uh, Chris did say earlier that we we assume it's short term. Mark Kennedy would not commit to that. He assumed that it may be short term, but he does say that you know, he's waiting till Monday to see what happens when Danny comes back in. So you may know more listening now than than we know. Um, decimated our attacking options. Look, I'm, I'll say this because I, I'm fairly confident we're not going to go and sign a free agent. You know, you can look at your Umar Noyasi and your Connor Wickham's as much as you want on the free agents list. We're not going to go out and spend money on a free agent when Jack Vale will actually be fit. And when Jack Vale's fit, we have got Mondroya, we have got Hackett. But um, first of all, Chris, I, it was a bit like being kicked in a bollocks, wasn't it, hearing that?
0: Oh, absolutely gutted on the drive home. And it really put a dampener on the, on the result. Because I, I was pleased with the point, you know, especially after a goal down, coming back into it. Obviously, we had a real positive evening to look forward to as well. Uh, driving home, and of course, the news with, with with Colin Murphy passing away as well, it just put a real dampener on, and it kind of it kind of took my focus away from the actual game. The game had been and done, been and done. Then you know, it, what was you know was, but it really made me concerned about what well, between now and Christmas. Really, primarily, it hugely impacts our, our 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 team going forward. As you mentioned earlier for the Carlisle game, it doesn't change anything in that in the first two thirds. Of course, I still think we're solid enough, and we've got you know really good options. In that first two thirds of the pitch, but it just massively limits us in in the final third. And it's weird, isn't it? Because Lincoln City almost always need a centre forward. That's kind of just been perennial, isn't it? For the last God knows how many years. This deadline day, we didn't even need to sign a striker. We already had two first team quality strikers and we signed a third one. And we, this is the first time we've had three genuine first team strikers in the squad. for Well, I can ever remember. And and they're all out. And that's just bad luck. I don't think you you can't criticise the recruitment. The recruitment's been outstanding this last, well, a year, really, hasn't it? Um, You can't criticise, you know, you can't really criticise anything other than just the football gods. You know, just as we start to get a little bit of positivity and start, you know, just as you start to believe. And I have to admit, I did start to believe. I I always said on here, I thought we were a a top half team and maybe with an outside chance of a playoff push if things go well. But deep down, I really believed, I thought we were a, playoff chasing team if I'm completely honest I did I didn't want to I didn't want to kind of commit to it out loud I just thought you know you're kind of tempting fate if you do but I did believe I really thought we we had a real chance of a playoff push and I really can't see it now I'm kind of going into games now thinking well we just need to get through this with a point and you can't go into every game with that mentality but that's kind of where I am right now and that's not to kind of criticize who is likely to play up top you know we're going to see Rico play up top now definitely until Christmas I, I imagine and the thing is, he can play up there, and he was fine yesterday. He's not a natural centre forward by any means, but he's he's perfectly adequate. But the problem is, when you play him up top, not only have you got a unnatural centre forward playing, you also miss him in his best role. So you kind of this two positions are affected by him having to fill in elsewhere. It really wouldn't surprise me. Touchwood, Danny Mundry is a is a short term injury, as we as we hope it is. That we do we do commit to a three five two from the start. Um, and we see Denny Mandroyu and Enrico Hackett playing as a front two. That's the only way I can really see this, this working um, going forward. But that's strange, isn't it? But then you're committing to playing with two strikers when you haven't actually got any in the squad. So it's... <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I think that the biggest thing for me, and, and this is something I don't think has been mentioned yet, is that we've obviously had two fantastic home wins so far. But... Those two wins were either either the game changed or we, we, it kind of got us over the line by making triple substitutions on the 60-minute mark. You're making real big changes. You know, Tyler Walker coming on, Burnhouse coming off. Um, yeah, various substitutes we've made, but we've made we've made switches and obviously Teddy, Teddy coming on. But the point is we made tactical changes and we made personnel changes on the hour mark because, and that was credit to the depth of the squad. And it worked. And, you know, we, we, we saw kind of firsthand the advantage and the benefit that that gives you and we've just we've lost that by no one's fault. You know, it's just bad luck having these long-term injuries. We've lost that ability now on the 60-minute mark to go right. Let's change this, this, and this. Crack on. Poor and now. that's what we're, that's what worries me the most, to be honest. Well, rather than thinking, oh, you know, the, the, the Rico's got to play up or, or that Danny's got to play up there, that that side of things, how we start, doesn't massively bother me. Obviously, we'd prefer to have the first-team players there, but it doesn't massively bother me. What does bother me is when that's not working, we have nothing to change to. And that's a real concern for me now.
2: I'm going to once again play devil's advocate because you said there we'll see Rico play up front until Christmas. Not necessarily the case. Jack Vale's three weeks away. Um, yeah, I point. can see us being back that. to a three-four-three with Vale and Hackett Mandroya on either side. You then still bring Duffy. You still bring your Ted Bishop. Yeah, I
0: suppose. I suppose kind of it's the fact that they're all unavailable right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's making a kind of really worry about about well the future. Whereas in reality, yeah. it's probably a month, isn't it? It's probably a month, and hopefully yeah. Jack Vale does you know does does come in and impress us just as much as the the Ratburn Raver Rovers supporters think he will do. Um, and so yeah, so maybe we're, we've only got to get through sort of four or five games until that's the case. But yeah, where it, where we are right now, I just yeah, I just
2: we do I'm have. Not, I'm
0: not as confident as I certainly was going into the next few matches after.
2: We have a lot of Tuesday games though coming up as well don't we. We've got West Ham, we've got Derby which we'll talk about, we've got Orient, October the 3rd, we've got Charlton on the 24th of October. So we've got quite a few Tuesday games coming up. The, the fixtures yeah. are going to come thick and fast. I uh, I I think I said to you last night in the pub that I could see us going 3-5-2 um and potentially having Vale and Mandroyu or Vale and Hackett. Uh, but if you go three five two, you and you've got Vale, Hackett, and Mandroyu, you can't get all three of them really into that three five two unless Mandroyu then sits as the attacking midfielder. Um, as an additional when, home we've, midfielder. when we've
0: changed to three five two in games, we've not played with a 10, we've played with with Iruhen as a six and then two either side as two. two yeah, attacking yeah. So that would be you know, that'd be really very, very much forward thinking. Um, I still you, see I that. agree, if you're playing those three players, if you are playing Vale, Hackett and, and Manjoyu, you play 3-4-3 three, three, because you play all three of them in their best positions. Yeah,
2: and then it depends on how Jack Bell comes in. You know, we haven't had a lot of joy with lone strikers, particularly yeah. when you look at a Dan on Lundeloo or a Luke Plange. Liam Cullen actually got himself into some decent positions and was a little bit unlucky to have as, as, as low a goal return as he did. And the last decent lone attacker that we had was probably Tyler Walker. Um so you know if if Jack Vales a Tyler Walker when he comes in, brilliant, because you know it it could there could be uh, a feeling that this is a not a positive, but you look for the silver lining in that we could get to Christmas and be able to recall a 19-year-old who we said that we wouldn't recall because uh, we wanted him there all season on the last podcast, but actually, if we're a striker short and Benhouse isn't back till March and Freddie Draper's got five or six goals and five or six assists from Walsall, it, he's going to there's going to be more opportunity for him to, to come on and, and play. We may look to sign one, it depends exactly how Jack Vale's doing. I mean, there's so much up in the air at the moment. So, I think initially, I was like you, it felt like a gut punch, and that it still bothers me, but at the same point. I think it affects any aspirations that we may have had of going, we're going to be, you know, we could push the top six here. Uh, But at the same time, the bulk of the side is still the same. And I
0: still feel, yeah, I I don't think that we're going to be in a relegation battle now or anything. I still think we're going to be hard to beat. We're going to be difficult to break down. We're going to be solid. I just think we're going to, you know, we've already created not that many chances. We've been clinical. I just, yeah, I just think we're going to find it even more difficult to create chances now. So, yeah, those games that we might have won 1-0, 2-1 will probably end in draws, just like it did last season. That's just where my head is at now and now. And that then just takes us out of the running for the playoffs, which, yeah, dig down. I thought that we we could we could do. Or certainly in the next, like you say, until Jack Vale was there. But there's a lot of games to play between now and then, like you mentioned, there's a lot of points to play for. And if we're not, you know, if we're gonna kind of scrape through that kind of period, it's being hard to beat so but you know, not 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 scoring that many. Yeah, you're not going to pick up that that many wins compared to what we would have done with a full-strength side, in my opinion. And yeah, and I I, I like what you said because I, I did I did feel really quite down about it. To be honest, it really bothered me. And I think the, the you made some really good points. I don't feel quite so negative now, but it's still going to be a challenge in the next month or month or six weeks or so until we start to get Vale fit. And there's a lot of games to play between now and then. Yeah,
2: I also think it's just worth mentioning as well. People said, can we recall Charlie Kendall because he's on a National League loan? Um, We can't because it's outside of our transfer window. So it's not outside of their transfer window. So we could loan somebody to them. You can't recall somebody back. Um, I think uh, as well, the stipulation is that you can only recall if there's a recall clause um, in the loan as well. Sometimes there isn't actually a recall clause in the loan. but So yeah, we can't bring Charlie Kendall back don't think Charlie Kendall would be the answer in a 3-4-3 but if we were to bring him back you could see him playing in a in a 3-5-2 but at the same time I'm just not so sure at the minute that it would be the right move so so that's injuries feels a little bit down does not it Chris is pulling a face at me I look a little bit pale a little bit sallow Uh, I think sallow is the right word I'm not sure or is that some is that like a wax I don't know anyway um No. So that's that. So we've got a game to look forward to in inverted commas. Um, It's the EFL trophy. I don't think it's got a sponsor, has it, this season? Isn't it just the EFL trophy? Oh, I don't. I I haven't paid any attention to that at all, to be honest. No, I haven't paid any attention to it either. But we're away at Derby County, um, but they're notoriously hard competitions, aren't they, to um, to try and preview? Because...
0: Yeah. It's almost impossible. Because not only do we not know what our lineup will be, I think we can have a good guess of the sort of players that will get some minutes. but Impossible to preview it in terms of how Derby are going line up and how, how the teams might match up on the pitch. Because they're they're likely to make maybe maybe eleven changes, you know. So I think they've got they certainly got the, the numbers in the squad to do it. I can see TJ getting a game for us, I can see Ali Smith getting a start, I can see Jaden Brown getting a start, obviously Wright and goal getting a start. And now I think, and I could be completely wrong about this, but I could have sworn I saw when loan certain players went out on loan. I seem to think it was mentioned in Kendall's loan specifically, but I could be wrong here that they're still eligible to play for us. I think all non-league loans are in the EFL trek Whether they do or not is obviously another question. Um I'd be surprised to see Kendall play because he's playing in a professional environment. But someone like Aiden Camp, for example, who's and and the other lads that maybe Slightly lower down in the non-league pyramid on loan, I would expect to see them maybe in the squad at least because they're still going to be training in the first-team environment at Lincoln. They're going to be training with their loan clubs on the Tuesday and Thursday evening, but for the rest of the time they're going to be in and around the building at, in Lincoln, still so part of that that club and that squad. So I think that's worth mentioning. So people like MJ Kamara, maybe it's maybe it's the season too soon for him to feature, but um Gallagher will I've yeah, on loan. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, Gallagher will definitely uh definitely feature in the squad. Yeah, it'd be it'd be difficult to know who's going to who's going to start, but I I expect us to, to rotate as much as we possibly can because you know we need the, the legs fresh for the league campaign. You know we haven't quite got the depth we had as we just discussed. We haven't quite got the depth that we had <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Um so Yeah, it would be interesting. it would be interesting do I I'd, I'd be tempted just to do um a bit Kind of what Cowley did the second season, the season after we won it, where we ended up playing Jimmy McComb and Tom Shaw got minutes. You know, where you literally rotate everything, you almost disregard the competition. I know preseason we always said this is like uh, you know financially the best one for the club, but I think I think the health of the squad has to come first. The last thing you want is to pick up a, another injury to a key player on Tuesday. I just, think, I just think that's worth a risk at all with with the kind of the threadbare nature of us certainly are attacking options at the moment.
2: Bailey Adamson,
0: who's on the bench,
2: wasn't he, for a, a trophy game at some point, or maybe even been in a league game last Just season. He's gone
0: on loan, hasn't he, to Grimsby Borough. Has he? He went on loan last week, yeah. But again, he'd be eligible to, to be part of the squad. I uh, thing is, him and Jovan really are the young players that would be available to be part of it in that regard. Yeah, maybe Dreven will start. Actually, You probably expect Dreven to get to get get a start in that game if we are really seriously rotating quite a bit. And then maybe maybe someone like Bailey Adamson could come on and and get a few minutes, make his debut. But you know, he's only seventeen years old. I think I think we're clutching at straws a little bit here, really. There's those definitely we... there's a ton of options that are, are going to be interesting to see who plays where. Do we write this competition off this season? Uh, I now, yeah, I think so personally. I just think you can't take the risk now for any more injuries I think no. if, if everyone's fit it's a great way of rotating your team and still having a strong squad similar to how we did against Notts County in the first round of the League Cup uh, you know we rotated the, rotated the team quite a bit but we had a, a strong enough team on the pitch to, to, to win the game and I think we, could, we had the squad in depth to do that but I just think we can't take the risk now with the injuries that we've got
2: Fair enough well, that's been an upbeat Stacey West podcast, hasn't it? We've written <laughs> off the next
0: game already. We've
2: talked about injuries, the referee. You know, we've we've lost the Lincoln City legend. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been a it's been a challenging weekend. We're still unbeaten since the opening day of the season. We didn't look like losing yesterday. Okay, we've got a trip to Portsmouth to think about. We'll talk about that later in the week, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah,
0: all a little bit up in the air at the moment.
2: I don't think there's any other businesses there at all.
0: No, but like you say, there are some silver linings here and get through this next three, four, five weeks that might be a bit challenging for us. Get behind the lads, support the team, support the club. And then in January, we might, you know, if, if a certain Fred Draper keeps his, his form going, we might get to see him in Lincoln City shirt, leading the line sooner than anticipated. And that would be exciting for us all. So like you say, there are some silver linings here. We're unbeaten still since the opening day. There's a lot of stuff that's good. It's just, yeah, I think, the news about Murphy, plus the injuries, all, all within sort of five minutes, was a yeah tough to take yesterday. But the hot overall situation isn't isn't all doom and gloom.
2: Everything's fine. <laughs> right. Well, with that in mind, I'm going to go and do a run that I really don't want to do. Um, it's still full of beer, but obviously I don't know if there are those anyone listening who doesn't know already, but I am running 60 miles in September uh, in aid of Calm. I'm um, up to £372 at the moment, which really impressed with. it be nice to just get that final push to get us up to over 400 around five miles on Friday. It nearly killed me. So I think Fia's got her fingers crossed that another mile or two today could finish the job off and then she'll inherit the house and my Lincoln City programmes. And let's face it, everybody wants to get their hands on my programme collection. That's about all they do want to get their hands on these days. I have been your host, Gary Hutchinson. We are mourning the loss of a legend. Um, doubtless will be celebrating his life against West Ham on a night that could have shades of Ipswich in 2017 when uh, just after Graham Taylor had passed. Um, So wherever you are tonight, uh, whatever you do, whatever you drink, whether it's tea, coffee, wine, beer, water, council pot, whatever, raise a glass to Colin Murphy, a Lincoln City legend, um, and he will be sorely missed. And all that remains to be said is up the imps. Up the imps.
1: The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However,
2: and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms
0: apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.